Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about when women say that men don't like non-sexual physical touch. And this is really not usually the case, and I'll explain uh, what goes into women thinking this and, and why this is a common thing that is said. Uh, before that, please do subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was on acts of service and physical touch being opposite love languages, I think, or maybe there was some different one that was a subscriber one. I can't remember. Um, but either way, there's a lot of good ones. It's going to be my 80th subscriber episode soon. So um, you should definitely be subscribing to hear all of those pretty soon. I'll be at 100, I bet. Um, okay, so women frequently say that men just want sex and that the reason that they know that it's not about intimacy, that it's just about sex, is that their husbands do not like non-sexual physical touch, like hugs or kisses or cuddles or hand-holding. First of all, I mean, this is like really just straight up not true. I mean, it's, it's, it's not anything like what the majority of men feel. They want only more and more touching. Where this can be uh, misinterpreted is that the woman rarely wants to touch in these situations. So, or at least from the male perspective, she ra rarely wants to touch. From her perspective, she may rarely want to touch because it turns into sex. So, the woman rarely wants to touch. Sometimes she'll be cuddly. So, the guy would like to cuddle. But since he thinks, man, it's, it's, she only wants to touch every blue moon, maybe she's feeling good about me right now, so maybe I should try to have sex. So that's kind of what happens and why she thinks that he only wants sex is because she thinks that they're moving past the cuddling very quickly because he doesn't like cuddling, he only wants sex. But in the absence of, of a lot of touch or sex, like, you know, he's going to prioritize sex. So if you can only have sex a couple times a month or something, you know, or for younger guys, if you can only have sex once a week or like whatever, then, you know, you become certainly obsessed with it because that is a natural human drive to have sex. And uh, when you don't have sex, you think about sex a lot. That's how people that are high libido people of both genders feel. And I did a video about how that does not mean that you're a sex addict if you think about sex a lot. Um, but Anyway, so the point is that the guy feels like this is his moment where he can finally ask for sex because apparently she's feeling good about him. And she thinks, oh, every single time I try to hug him or kiss him, it turns into sex. That's all that he cares about. So you see how this would end up being um, an impasse. So what do I suggest to do? I suggest that both people become aware of this and openly voice their needs to each other. I want to cuddle more. Oh, I want to cuddle more too. Also, I want sex. I don't want that much sex, but maybe I would want sex if we would cuddle, etc. Whatever your perspective is. But what you can't do is just make it like a joke where your wife is like, oh, all, all of our cuddling turns into sex and you're like, oh yeah, that's me. 
annoying, you know? No, like it's not a joke to her. She actually thinks that. There's a lot of people who have such disparate views on sex and intimacy that when they joke around, they like don't even understand that each other is joking. You know, like a man, like a woman might say, my God, you're such a sex addict. And like actually mean, I believe you are a diagnosable sex addict. And he'll be like, yep, that's me, a sex addict. And like, he won't literally even understand that she seriously is Googling sex addiction because in her mind, wanting to have sex multiple times a week is sex addiction because she was raised to be very negative about sex or she herself has a low libido or whatever. So don't don't just keep your talking about sex into the realm of kind of like snarky jokes or like whatever, because the point is that you cannot understand one another if you do not have the same upbringing, values, physical body, like you, you just don't have all of those same things. So there should not be a shorthand when you're trying to communicate about sex. You should be talking in as you know it's like the reddit explain like I'm five or something so you should be explaining to your partner at the very most simple basic level possible so if you are somebody who has a high sex drive and they want to cuddle but at any moment you're you, you know could get rebuffed so you try to quickly move it on to sex because you're thinking that today is you know maybe the the moon is in aquarius and now for finally you're going to get laid well then tell that to your partner say i would love to cuddle more i love hugging and kissing and cuddling but you know we have sex so rarely so much less than i would want then, you know, I, I feel like maybe there's an opening. And then if you're on the other side, say, well, if we cuddled more and there was more physical intimacy that was non-sexual, I would feel closer overall. Possibly I would want more sex. Either way, I would feel closer and in a more loving, genuine relationship, which it's not like guys just want sex. They also want you to be happy and they want to be intimate and they want to be close. And if they could do that by just cuddling you more, they would. Now, there, of course, are some people who have sensory issues and, and don't like to be touched at all. And if you're with such a person, then they do not like to cuddle. But that is not the average man. That, that is a unique situation where somebody is, is, has what we now call sensory issues and does not like to be touched. And in this case, the person may have a libido and they want to have some sort of uh, sex, but they don't like to touch. Men can be like that, but a lot of women can be like that too. So another reason that a lot of... Um, that, that, that there are misunderstandings about physical touch versus sex are the following. I mean, if you do not have any touch, then as soon as you touch, the person thinks, okay, we're going to have sex. Or they think, I hate this touch, so I want to move this into sex as quickly as possible because of these sensory issues that I have. And women do that a lot, too. So the guy will be trying to kiss and cuddle, and guys want more foreplay than women do in the couples that I see because I see a lot of couples, more couples, where the woman is a lower libido partner, and a lot of times that goes along with less foreplay. So she doesn't like to be touched. So she's the one that's actually kind of moving it along. And then, you know, it just turns into that that's what they do. They just basically do intercourse, you know, and they don't touch even during intercourse. They like barely use their hands and, and they, they don't kiss, they don't touch, they don't do anything. And it's just kind of just, just sex, like uh, as, as not intimate as possible. And if that's what you're used to, then when one person reaches out to touch another, then, you know, the other one tries to move it along to sex. And this could be either gender.
So if you are coupled with somebody who has these sensory issues that doesn't like to be touched, this is very difficult, you know, and they may have to try to go very much outside their comfort zone and you may have to compromise on your end. But it should be talked about as that there are sensory issues at play and that the person needs to habituate to some more touch and you need to make acceptance and peace with less touch. And there needs to be some sort of compromise. With the, the compromise in a marriage cannot be, well, I have sensory issues so we don't touch. I mean, that just can't be. You know, I did this um, video where I said there is no, and I've said this on podcast too, but there's no such thing as a super loving, intimate person that just hates all touch. How could that be like as a parent? Can you be like a successful parent of a child and just be like, I hate touch. I'm never going to touch them. I won't hug them. I won't kiss them. No. So then, of course, it really can't be thought like that for a partner either. But now there's this whole like, you know, I am my own person. You're your own person. And I happen to be a person who doesn't like touch and therefore you suffer. That's not a marriage. You know, I mean, that, that, that is not two people trying to get outside their comfort zones. What could be is I have sensory issues, so therefore I need the light off maybe and I need it to be warmer in the room and I want to leave my shirt on to start and whatever. But it can't be like, I don't like touching, so we don't touch. And because we have three minutes of intercourse, you should be happy. That's not a relationship, you know. That, that's like, you know, sex people would have in prison. You know, I mean, it, it's nothing positive. So if you are coupled with somebody who hates touch, then that needs to be something that they work on and you need to work on whatever the hell they want you to work on. You know, being more uh, accepting, being more loving, doing their love language more, whatever. But it should not be the end of the road, just as it wouldn't be in parenting. You wouldn't be like, I don't really like hugging my kids, so I'm just never going to do that. Uh, you can't say that. You know, you, you can't ever say as a parent, I just never want to get outside my comfort zone ever, so fuck it, I won't. You know, so if people were trying to treat their spouse as well as they treat their kid, then, you know, another frequent um, topic that I talk about, then this would not um, be an issue as much as it is. The reality is that if you do not have the same idea of what touch means you know if to you touch is superfluous and to your partner it is essential there's not a way to fix that but there are compromises there are ways for both people to go outside of their comfort zone and try their hardest to have a different sort of interaction moving forward you know, and what might that look like? That might look like somebody habituating. Habituation just means getting used to it. It's a behavioral term. Habitu and it's the basis of exposure therapy for anxiety. You know, it may get used to some somebody getting used to, um, you know, being a little bit more comfortable with um, hugging. So they have a 30-second hug instead of a three-second hug. Or, of course, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't be a 30-second hug right away. It would be like a 10-second hug and then a 20-second hug. And if you're thinking that this sounds like some kind of torture to be married to somebody where they have to build up their tolerance to hugging you, well, you know, I didn't choose this person and make you in an arranged marriage with them. You chose to marry this person. And you knew on some level that there were lots of disparities in your libidinal drive. And this... I talk about this quite a bit. There are always red flags that there is a disparity in sex drive. And most guys who end up very, very unhappy with their wives, uh, you know, sex drive, from the beginning they weren't thrilled with it. But, you know, it, it was okay. And then when it drops, then it's not even okay anymore. 
Well, yeah, listen, marriage is sacrifice and compromise, and you are going to have to accept that this person is is the person that would have to build up to hugging you more, and that it's good that they would put themselves out there to try to build up to hugging you more, and that that's actually a good thing. Versus a person who says, fuck it, I don't like to hug, and that's the end of that. Um, Anyway, so what should you do in order to cultivate more non-sexual physical intimacy? What does that look like? Massage is a good way. There's a lot of people who don't like to just sit there and cuddle, but they would like to be massaged or they would understand at least that massage is something that feels good and that could be part of their, you know, routine. Showering together, that's non-sexual physical touch. Um, You know, scratching, back scratches and, and those sorts of things. Foot rubs, those are things that you can, these are all things that you can build up to hand holding kissing there are many ways to express non-sexual physical touch and what you need to understand is that if these are a part of your daily life then you will get used to them and they may even become something that you look forward to even if you were somebody that that didn't and if you're somebody who is um has more of a sensual erotic blueprint you should take the erotic blueprint quiz then it may in fact put you in the mood So you may have the wife that if you cuddle her more and more and more, then she may actually want to have sex. That is a a whole thing. That's a whole vibe. (laughs) Uh, That if you have a sensual erotic blueprint and you love like touching and being close and that puts you in the mood, then you may really be unlocking your wife's sexual potential, which is every man's fantasy, if you do a hell of a lot more of cuddling and hand-holding and kissing and all of that. If you're somebody who has rushed through that previously, then you may never have seen your wife's true erotic potential because she may never feel as close and warm and connected as she needs to, you know, so in order to be sexual. So the point here is that you, if, if you are somebody who says, my partner will not cuddle me enough, you need to think, as a summary, am I giving them enough sex at all? Anything near the amount that they would want? And if you think, by the way, I see men do this stupid thing all the time, so I'll just tell you the stupid thing so maybe you won't do it. There's men who I say, does your wife know how much you want to have sex? And they're like, um... Yeah, she knows it's, it would be like two times a week. Really? You want to have sex two times a week? That's your fucking ideal is two times a week? I'm doubting it. If you're in your 30s or 40s, I'm doubting twice a week is your ideal. If, it, if, if, if two times a week is your ideal, then we would not be sitting here talking about how to make your sex life better because that is not very much for a guy to want sex twice a week only. What the guy, and so the guy's like, no, 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 you mean like really what would I want? Well, like every day, like obviously, or at least every other day, obviously. But I mean, of course, I'm not going to say that because then she'll think that I'm, you know, asking for too much. That is a terrible, terrible thing to do is telling your partner that you want something less than what you really want. How does that lack of authenticity help you? It hurts you because she doesn't know that you're already compromising in your mind by saying that you would want things two times a week. She thinks that that is what you want. So then if you end up doing it every other week, she thinks, all right, you know, it's not so bad. I wanted zero. He wants it every, you know, twice a week. So on average, every other week, that makes sense. Really, though, you want it every day. And if you had said to her that you want it every day, then she'd be like, oh, shit, he wants it every day. I don't want it at all. Oh, shit, I see why he's upset, you know? I mean, it makes a lot more sense. It makes a lot more sense. So when you are actually trying to tell your partner what you want, 
Tell them what you actually would want. So then it can actually make sense to them why you are so upset. Otherwise, they just think that you're kind of being a fucking asshole, you know, and like nothing is really ever good enough for you. Because here they are trying to compromise, but who they're compromising with is a totally different person than who you actually are. So take that for what it's worth. That's probably worth the price of admission alone. And since admission to this podcast was free, it's definitely worth it. All right. So hopefully this left you with something to think about and um, kind of a path forward when you're trying to bridge the gap between, um, you know, not having any non-sexual physical touch and having all the non-sexual physical touch that you want because nobody anymore thinks that one has to lead to the other or that one is some sort of um, gateway drug necessarily to the other. It isn't. It should be its own part of your life. Your intimate life should have non-sexual physical touch and also though it should have sex. If it doesn't have sex, assuming both people want it, right? Assuming that it's a marriage in which both people still identify sexual entities and want to be having sex, then yes, sex is part of your marriage. If you're in a situation where you're like, no, like I'm cool with non-sexual physical touch, but I don't want sex at all, well, then you, you got to owe, owe it to your partner to say that, to say, I'm done with that. I don't want to do that. And, and what should we do? You can't just tell your partner never to have sex again because you don't want to ever have sex again when it used to be part of your marriage. So that's not ethical, you know, so that would be a, a very different conversation. You know, like I'm cool with kissing and hugging, but I never, ever want to have sex again. If people were honest about saying that, then, you know, people would not remain in sexless marriages for years and years and years to lead to acrimonious divorces because they feel that they were let on for a long time by somebody who did not think that they should necessarily come out and say that, that somehow it would be hurtful or that it goes without saying or whatever. Nothing goes without saying. That's what I've learned as a couples counselor. There is nothing that goes without saying. You and your partner may think so differently about things that it would make your head spin. So there is nothing that goes without saying in a marriage. You must express what you deeply feel, particularly about topics that have caused sensitivity or conflict, even if it's hard. And that's where couples counseling can actually help very much. All right. I'll talk to you all soon. Please subscribe.